Welcome to Our Wee Podcast with Susie Briggs and Alan McClure. Stories, signs and poems in Scots and English. This week, the three wee grumfies, the ship of fate, the shugle song, and their assorted havers for your amusement. Captain Peak couldn't speak in his big space station o bumping run upside down. Overseas and nations, oh, held his cup, dun or up, out the water bubbled, oh, spun his brain, felt insane, flummoxed, doited, troubled, oh. This is mad, feeling bad, ragged, worn and weary, oh. Curse the stars, the moon and Mars. It's all gone tapsel terio. The three wee grumfies. upon a time, there were three wee Grumphies who lived with her mammy in a tiny wee house. Mammy Grumphy got up yin morning and says to them, Richt, yous are getting our big tibby staying here. There's no room. You're getting all our noon. It's time you went in front of house of your ain. Before you can, though, you need to mind there's a big bad wolf going about the woods. He likes to eat wee Grumphies, so make sure you build your houses nice and strong. Now away you go and give me peace. So away the Grumphies went down the road. On the way, the first wee Grumphy sees a woman with a pile of sausages. No, it wasn't sausages, it was straw. The woman had a pile of straw. So he asked the woman, Excuse me, please. Can I have some straw to make a house in my own? The woman didn't want the straw, which was lucky. And she says, Aye. Tuck it, I don't want it. Cheers, said the wee Grumphy, and afore the sun was set, he made a wee house out of straw. And it was pretty basic, but he was happy, and that's what mattered. The second wee Grumphy went down the road, and on the way he met a man with some bananas, no bananas, sticks, Sticks. The man had sticks. And the wee Grumpy says, Excuse me, please. Can I have some sticks to build a house of my own? 
Luckily the man didn't want the sticks and left them by the side of the road. And it took the wee grumpy a good couple of days but he built his cell a lovely wee house out of sticks. It had a wee windy and some curtains and the wee grumpy was fair happy. The third wee grumpy went down the road and on the way he met a woman with some biscuits. No biscuits. Bricks. She had bricks. The wee grumpy says, Excuse me, please. Can I have the bricks to build a house of my own? Luckily, the woman was not wanting them and she was glad to give them away. I took them, she says. Saves me the bother going to the dump with them. And the wee grumpy thanked her and started to build his house out of bricks. It took him ages because he had to get planning permission for the council and that. But eventually his wee house was ready. It was a braw wee brick house with a fireplace and windies and an indoor cludgy. He was fair happy in his ain wee house. Then, Yende, dun dun dun, the big bad wolf came down the road and into the woods. Every now and then he would sniff the air, sniffing for tasty grumpies to eat. He was getting closer to where the grumpies stayed in the woods, and he sniffed. Ah, I smell wee grumpy. I'm going to fin it and eat it. He licked his slavery chops and followed the smell. He found the house made of straw first and chapped at the door. He had manners, you can. He liked to introduce his cell before he ate his food. Wee Grumpy! Wee Grumpy! Let me come in! I'm hungry! The wee Grumpy squealed in fright. <coughs> no danger! You're no getting in here! Do you think I'm daft? But the hair's on my chinny-chin-chin. I'm no letting you in. The wolf can't he wouldn't get in that easy and laughed to himself. Ha, 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 ha. Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. So he did. He huffed and he puffed and he blew. And the house of straw exploded into bits, leaving the wee grumpy standing scared in the middle. He squealed and ran as fast as wee trotters would gone to his brother's house. The yin made of sticks. He ran in and locked the door. The big bad wolf blew my house down. He's wanting to eat us. The second wee grumpy says, Didn't he fash yourself? This house is made of sticks. He can't blow this down. They locked the windy and the doors and they waited. And sure enough, the wolf came sniffing round the stick house. <laughs> ah, 
I smell wee grumpies to hear them for my belly. The big bad wolf chapped the door. Wee grumpies, wee grumpies, let me come in. I'm hungry. squealed in fright. <coughs> no danger. You're not getting in here. Do you think we're daft by the hairs on your chinny chin chins? You're no getting in. The wolf Kenty wouldn't get in that easy and laughed to himself. <laughs> then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your houston. See, so he huffed. <gasps> And he puffed and he blew. It didn't work the first time. So he tried again. He huffed and he puffed and he blew. The stick hoose exploded into bits, leaving the wee grumpy standing in the middle feet. They squealed and ran as fast as their wee trotters would gan to their brother's brick hoose. The third wee Grumpy had just put a pot of water onto the fire. He was making some soup when his brothers came running in. Oh no, the big bad wolf is out there. He's going to eat us. He blew our hooses down. The third wee piggy calmly locked the doors and windows and says, Dinny fash yourselves. This hoose is built with bricks. There is no way it'll get blown down by a scabby, daft wolf. Sure enough, the wolf come sniffing round the hoose made of bricks. Ha ha ha! I smell three grumpies. I can't wait to gobble them up and swally them down. I'm starving. The big bad wolf chapped the door. Wee grumpies, wee grumpies, let me come in. I'm hungry. The wee grumpies squealed in fright. (coughs) 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 No danger, you're not getting in here. Do you think we're daft? By the hairs on our chinny chin chins, you're not getting in. The wolf can't see what they get in that easy and laughed to himself. Ha 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 ha! Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your houston. So he huffed and he puffed and he blew. It didn't work the first time, so he tried again. He huffed and he puffed and he blew. And it didn't work, so he tried again. He huffed, and he puffed, and he blew. He tried and tried for ages, until he was bealing with rage. He growled through the letterbox. You think this is our? Well, it's no. There's more than yin to get in. <laughs> and he started to climb the drain pipe. The three wee grumpies heard them on the roof. Then they heard the big bad wolf's voice coming down the lum. Ha 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 ha! Think I'm glake it. 
Well, you better get some satin paper on, cos I'm coming down the lum and I'm going to eat yous all. The Grumpies took the lid off the big soup pot that was boiling on the fire and sploosh! The wolf landed in there and they put the lid on top. The big bad wolf was nae That nicked the three wee Grumpies had wolf broth for their supper. And all the wee Grumpies in the woods had nothing to fear again. For Scottify, in which Susie challenges Alan to write a song about a Scots word. So, Alan, I set you the challenge of writing a song with one of my favourite words, not being. The word shuggle. Did you manage to write a song? Of course I did. No bother. Oh, great. I can't wait to hear it. Right then, here we go. Daft wee doodle is feeling guile always the school in the morning and he doesn't want to go. He's a pain in the peony and a cramp in his toe. You can the feeling, I'm sure. He cries to his mammy, ah, I can't stand the pain. I'm gonna bite here in my scratch, you so just leave me alone. And I hope did my homework and I'll have to explain myself to Mr. McClure. And he cracked in deep distress <laughs> I can't see my way through all this mess Come on, Dougal, give yourself a shugle Spin away your worries, wait for the centrifugal You've been a bit glicked, but the world will understand Google. The answer's no on Google If anyone can sort it, it I'm pretty sure that you will You've got to face the music And then you will be grand And he flings on his clays And he geese a cell A sugar face Shooters to his taste All the daft wee worries They get sugared away And he's raring to go He 
He's so much better for the sugar and shake that he gets straight up to the teacher and admits his mistake. The teacher says, "Ah, just do your homework at break, then we'll say no more." Well, that takes five minutes suit the day. Then it's ten to ten and to play. So here's Dougal, brassy as a bugle. The work is all done and he's a positive pupil. Thinks all his worries and he can't help but laugh. Now this is crucial. It's really no unusual. We all hear troubles and they can really be brutal. But maybe like Dougal, we could try to sugar the man. On you go. Try and sugar off those worries, folks. It's easy. Take a leaf out of Dougal's book, right, don't you? Yin day, lang syne, in a wee coothy village by the wide wild sea, there bade an old fisherman wi' his three braw boys. They'd a hard life but got by, the ain taking care of the others, and the others taking care of the ain. Aft times feyther had to tack to sea, sometimes for a month or mair, and the lads would keep house as best they could. And when feyther returned, pooches full of silver, the wee cottage was a merry place full of food and licht and laughter. The boy's favourite time was when on dark murksome nichts, with the wind bloustering out by and the waves ding-dang in the harbour wall, Feather would gather them round the crackling peat fire and tell them tales of the sea. By far their favourite tale was the yin about the ship of fate. So, lads... Feather would say, his eyes a skinkle in the licht of the flames. If you should ever set your een upon a black ship with black sails, then you even dream of setting fit aboard her. For that ship, lads, is the ship of fate, and there's no a body alive kens what'll happen if ye day. 
Now the three lads were good sons all, but very different in their hearts. They each took this tale a different way, and would often tangle out its meaning. The eldest, a strapping loon called Rory, was a level-heeded boy, where his lugs and een tilt him all he needed to ken. His was a world free o' mystery, where the sun rose and fell, and the days rolled by, and all was as it I had been. Ach, said he, it's just a story. There is no ship of fate, and see if there was. It'd just be a black ship with nothing unusual about it. Ken what would happen if you boarded her? Nathan at all. The middle lad, Lewis by name, was a frictsome boy. He saw beasts and bogles in every shaddy, and his world was an oory place. He took nae comfort for Rory's thoughts, and trembling like a leaf, he whispered, No, no, Rory, that ship is the deal's work, and if you were so doppitous to board her, why, she'd bear you helpless to the hungry sea, where monstrous kelpies tumble and fash, and a yampish serpent would gobble you down. The very thought enfeebled him, and he all but keeled out on the spot. The youngest laddie, Angus, was a gallus, gleeful callant, who lip for his scratcher each morning with a sang in his heart. There were those called him Fay as he danced in the rain, duked in the loch or blethered with the beasts, but Angus cared not a jot. Each day brought new winners and he sought them with a lichtsome soul. Havers, Lewis, he laughed at his brother. You're all rang, you gowk. Why, if you were so chancy as to board that ship... A sweet pirin breeze would fill the sails and carry you safe o'er the waves. You'd fetch ashore on a magic island, on gowden sand, where silkies sport and play. There's treasure buried beneath towering trees, and adventures await you every day. Now the day came that Feather went to sea and didn't return. The lads waited for news, hearts growing heavier with every passing day, till the word came that he was lost and the village mourned. Grief sat upon the once merry wee house like a dour and ugsome cloud, and the boys wept for the loss of the kind old man. After some time had passed, the three kent it was time to tact into their situation and to venture out into the world. They cast the windies wide, breathed again, and set about making plans. It was agreed that the village held little for them, and that they must move on, however hard it may prove. But afore they bade their hame farewell, they thought to tack yin last donner in the old familiar streets. They set forth for the house forby, minding o times that feyther had wat with them, and passing each ken speckled corner wi a sigh. They minded o' his kindness, o' his wisdom, and o' the tales he'd share on those cold, gousty nichts. Now, the harbour o' this village was wide and lying, say wide, in fact, that the furthest pier was almost to a sichter in the bay. But as they stravaged along the strand, Lewis caught his breath and raised a quivering finger towards that distant point. Here, lads, said he, his voice a peery whisper. Did, did you see that ship over there half in the murk? 
The other twa followed his gaze, and there, rising and falling on the surging sea, was a ship as black as nicht. At yince their feather story burst back upon them, and they stared at ain another with jaws agape. Lewis was fair peely wally, as if he'd spied a ghostie, but Rory was quick to recover. Aye, aye, said he, I doot it's not but some old ship, and I ken what you're thinking, Lewis, but tod your wheesht. We've been o'er this afore, many's the time. But Lewis was nae cowed, and for ain't he stood his grun. Oh, aye, he cried, and I guess you'd be bold enough to board her, eh? That I would, said his brother impatiently, and I'll tell you this, no a thing would happen if I did. Angus couldn't have had in his excitement. Oh, man, you have to do it. You can solve this stushy ancient for all. Oh, and what an adventure it'll be. Well, they passed this back and for it for a while, till at last it was agreed. Afore they left the tune for aye, they'd spear out the question of the aura ship. Back came they went, Rory tutting under his breath, Lewis near greeting with dread, and Angus burling and bristling with glee. Rory, as the oldest, would set out that nicht and lay the mystery to rest. Nicht fell, and as Lewis cowered in his scripture, and Angus paced in anticipation, Rory set out to a lantern and made his way round the lying harbour to where the ship was moored. A rowing boat was cast upon the shore, and he dragged it out of the shingle and into the cold, dark sea, rowing carefully towards the ship with a grim determination. Once there, he tied up to the anchor chain and clambered aboard. The moon shone down on an empty deck, and Rory peered around. Hello, he called, as calm as you like. Is there anybody aboard? No answer came. He strolled about the swaying deck, heard the ropes groan and creak, shone his lantern down the hatch and keeked in every cabin. Ken, what happened? Nathan at all. The next morning, our steaming bowls of porridge, he told his brothers what he'd seen in a clear, calm voice. Oh, thank heaven, said Lewis. That means I needn't visit that wicked ship myself. Now, Rory was weary for his next expedition and was feeling unca crabbit for lack of sleep. Na, na, man, he said. I've tell you it's safe and you'll tack your turn. See if you didn't see for yourself. You make doot my word. The nicht, it's you will board the ship. Lewis wailed and grat, but there was no shift in his brother. When nicht come round again, the poor fleggit loon crept out the hoose, lantern shacking in his trembling horn and casting dancing shaddies up the walls. Roon the harbour he stole like Rory afore him till he reached the wee boat on the shingle. Oh, mammy, oh, daddy, he whimpered, Dunting the boat out of the stains and into the sea and tacking the oars with arms like Geely. Sweat ran down his face, and his heart was thundering like a boron in a bothy. Cursing every second, he bumped and sloshed his way across to the ship, which loomed o'er him like a gathering storm. At last he reached his goal and hauled himself, whimpering into the deck. Nay sooner was his fit upon it than the black sails snapped tight in a gusto hellish wind and the ship bore Lewis helpless to the hungry sea where monstrous kelpies tumbled and fashed and a yampish serpent gobbled him down. The next day, 
Angus and Rory were bumbazled by their brother's absence, but guessed that he'd chickened out and fled afore he had to visit the ship. Angus had but little time to think on it, so fully flocked or some excitement was he. He spent the day counting the minutes to nicht for, and as soon as darkness fell, he sprinted out the hoose, around the harbour, and into the wee rowing boat. The black ship was moored as before, and Angus pulled at the oars as if his life depended on it. In no time at all he was at it, loping through the rowing boat and onto the deck in a single michty bound. And in a blink, a sweet, pirrin' breeze filled the sails and carried him safe o'er the waves. He fetched ashore on a magic island, on gowden sand, where silkies sported and played. There was treasure buried beneath towering trees, and adventures awaited him every day. You've been listening to Your Wee Podcast with Susie Briggs and Alan McClure. All stories and songs by Susie and Alan. We original music also by Alan. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Ta-ta for now.